Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Here we go! Hello and welcome to another edition of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. We've got through the NBL Cup, four weeks of that, and it was almost the perfect finish to it for the Adelaide 36ers, which we'll get to shortly on the show. Unfortunately, not quite time to come home for the 36ers. Two more road games now as the regular season in the NBL gets up and running, but plenty to talk about. We saw an exciting debut from Brandon Paul, which gives us plenty to look forward to. Josh Giddy keeps exciting us. There's a lot to like about what the 36ers have to offer now in the second half of the season, even if the second half on Sunday might have been a little bit tough to stomach against against the old foe. But let's get straight into it. We'll have all of our regular segments, including Ask the Coach with Connor Henry this week. But I'm Chris Pike, the man you all want to hear from, the only man that's been involved in every NBL championship the Adelaide 36ers have won. And he was actually talked about quite a lot on the TV coverage over the weekend, Scott Ninnis. How do we find you this week? I'm great. Thank you, Chris. And uh, just a couple of things. Um, You know, I think there's an old saying that something along the lines of the older we get, the better we were or something along those sort of lines. (laughs) Uh, Now, in saying that, I was the one that talked about the 36ers going to this bubble and thought it could be a really, really good thing for us. I thought that, you know, the team were close. They were coming together. Well, mate, I couldn't be any further wrong, could I? Because uh, the, the bubble was an absolute disaster for us. So, uh, uh, and, and uh, yeah, look, that, that last game was devastating. And, uh, yeah, we haven't seen too many things like that. I, I do remember being in a finals game against Perth in Perth when I was assistant coach. And we were up by 26 at three-quarter time and came back and won. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, the Wildcats eliminated us in the next game, but uh, that, that, that still is the uh, biggest comeback from a three-quarter deficit. But, uh, yeah, look, that was, uh, that was just such a devastating loss. You know, the, the confidence they could have taken out of that coming back uh, you know, out of the bubble you know, to have a win against Perth in Perth. And the way they played in that first half was, uh, yeah, you know, the best basketball they, they've played this season and probably the mm. best... Best basketball 36 a team has played in, in some times. But now the problem is having a loss like that, it goes the other way now, mate. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what sort of lead they're going to have. They're always going to have in mm. the back of their head that uh, you know, there's nothing that's insurmountable. So uh, uh, once again, that, that's up to Connor and Jamie to, to now address, and they've got some time to do that. Um, and uh, hopefully moving forward, you know, being back in their own beds for a few days, getting a little bit of rest, we can reset and, uh, you know, see what's in, in store for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty to get through on this show, obviously. But the first thing I wanted to mention, when you're sitting there watching a game and John Casey and, and his crew start talking about you for the next two minutes, is that a, a little... What's, the, what's that feeling like, Scott? Oh, pretty good, mate. Pretty good when uh, Premium <laughs> Premium Wine Tours gets a sure gets a bit of a bash on national TV. So and it was funny because I, you know, they were sitting there and, and Homicide was talking about Sykes being the, you, you know, the best, you know, best dunking athlete for his size in mm. the history of the NBL. And I'm like, hang on a second. I remember Bobby <laughs> Bobby Locke stealing the ball off of me at about five foot eight or five foot nine and going yeah. down and. Yeah, you know, with his head, you know, rim high doing dunks. So I, I just sent a, 
you know, a cheeky little message to Liam Santamaria saying that. Uh, and one minute later, they were talking about it. It's, uh, mm. it's, it's quite funny. You know, the, you know, the unfortunate thing, I've now dobbed myself into a free wine tour. I'm going to have to listen to bloody, <laughs> bloody homicide all day uh, in the Brossa Valley one day and, and, and Liam talking about Basel. But it's, uh, no, it was great, <laughs> mate. It was, it, it was, uh, it, yeah, good, good to get the shout out. And look, I'm, you know, as, as a Basel fan, I'm, I'm loving being able to see all these games. You know, live. Uh, uh, you know, you know, lo- love what these guys are bringing to it. I, I particularly loved, uh, you know, the Andrew Gaze and Leonard Copeland uh, back and forth commentary the other night. Fantastic. I thought that's that was awesome. that was absolutely hilarious. And uh, so, but yeah, we are we are being sport as far as you know what uh, you know what we're being able to see from a from a Basel fan point of view. We just need these uh, 36ers to uh, get a bit of a kick up and uh, you know get their season back on track and get back in contention. Yeah, we do. I must admit, I was hoping to hear Sixers fix get a mention, but we weren't quite, <laughs> weren't quite that, that lucky. No, that, leave that with me, mate. That'll be the next one. <laughs> Look forward to it. Now, of course, speaking of Sixers fix, we're here thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi, and we'll have another Play of the Week award to announce later in the show and give away another prize pack. Sports Card World will bring you our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry. And, of course, Premium Wine Tours will have an update on that leaderboard in the Player of the Year Award. And right now we're, we're talking thanks to All-Star Photos. Kelly Barnes, the best in the business when it comes to sports photography in Adelaide. Um, all of your basketball team needs, just get in touch with Kelly at info at allstarphotos.com.au or check out his website at allstarphotos.com.au and... Whether you're trying to raise money, whether you want your team shots taken, whether you want some action shots, Kelly will be able to take care of you through all-star photos. Now, Scott, you mentioned the NBL Cup might not have turned out quite as planned. In the end, a 2-6 and six record from, from the eight games. Obviously, that's it, one game against every opponent. To me, it doesn't feel like it was that as bad as that record suggests. I know that the New Zealand loss was obviously um, pretty horrible. But outside of that... They had their chances, and, and the Sydney game was was not great to start off. But outside of that, I felt like the 36ers had their chances in that Melbourne game, played pretty well in the Hawks game. And then last week, I thought they played pretty well against the Bullets in the first up and for a half, pretty good against the Wildcats. Considering Isaac Humphrey wasn't there for most of it, um, do you think it was a little bit better than 2-6 and six suggests at the end of it? Oh, I think it probably was, mate. I think our inconsistencies is the real uh, the real problem at the moment. We just cannot have quarters where we're you know we're scoring eight points and ten points. And you know, I think the Brisbane game, you know, coming down, you know, in that second half, there we just go through periods where we just can't put the ball on the basket and and, and certainly take nothing away from the opposition. You know, what they're doing defensively takes us out of the game. I mean, what Perth did defensively to us in the second half was outstanding. And, and I think we can sit here and say the 36ers, you know, were horrible. And, and they certainly were. They, you know, we were playing, you know, we didn't get within 30 feet of the basket for most of that second mm-hmm. half. And, and so, you know, the adjustments, uh, you know, from the guys on the court, you know, weren't made, but their de- their defense was great. So I would have liked to have seen you know something else go on there. But yeah, look, it's it's not it's difficult to say when it's, you know, like I'm as disappointed as anyone. And so you know, those games that we've had our ass kicked, that New Zealand game, the Mel- uh, the uh, Sydney game, and and Sydney, obviously yeah. this this last one against Perth. 
they really, really hurt. And, and there's no there's no need to dance around their subject. You know, like those games really, you know, are really poor performances. And, and, you know, everyone involved would put their hand up and say the same thing. But, you know, once again, we, we spoke about it last week. You know, Melbourne will keep winning and Perth are going to keep winning. There are still a couple of spots there for up the grabs because everybody mm-hmm. else is beating each other, and uh, you know teams are making changes with their imports at yeah. the moment. And oh, look, there's still a long, long way to go. You know, once again, there has to be that belief within the group. They can put that behind them, and now you know let's address the rest of the season. You know, we're now back to some sort of sense of normality where there's home and away. You know, we're sleeping in our own beds. We're seeing our families. Now, on the other flip side of that, we're going to have a lot of away games because we had so many home games to start with. But at least we're back in that sense of normality, whatever that is these days. So, and, uh, and at least they've got to come home this week before playing back in Melbourne on Saturday. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, to, to be honest with you, playing against the Phoenix, uh, there's Adam's not going to be there. Uh, you know, Creek's no, ob- Creek, obviously yeah. not going to be there. So it's probably a good time to hit them up. Look, at it's back in Melbourne. But... You have a chance to, you know, you know, the guys who got niggles, you have a chance to reset and basically go, okay, let's put that, let's address our problems, let's deal with them, let's make sure we're switched on and get back to work. So, you know, like the, the sun comes up the next day, mate. Like that's that's mm-hmm. the beauty of a basketball season is that, you know, there's there's still a chance we can still be a playoff contender. Now, is there work to do? Well, of course there is because we've, we've been pretty ordinary you know, in a, in a few games, you know, in the bubble, but we now have a chance to get it back on track and uh, start heading in the right direction again. Going back to the first game last week against the Brisbane Bullets, I thought there was a lot to like about the performance coming into that game. Brisbane was pretty much the hottest team in the league. Um, they were coming off wins against Melbourne and Perth, so that that's, that says everything about how they were playing. Um, I thought it was a really good, high quality game, probably close to the best quality game in terms of offensive scoring that we've seen just about this season. I, I don't think there was too much wrong with what Adelaide did. I just think Brisbane were probably finding it a bit too easy to score in the fourth quarter. And in the end, they put up 109 points and they shot it at 60% from the field. And, and Sobey and Law and, and even Kadee were pretty tough to stop. But I still thought there was a fair bit to like from an Adelaide point of view. Mate, there was a lot to like. I, I thought um, thought we, we played well. My immediate feeling at the end of that game was you're not going to win games if you're giving up 109 points. And I mm. think that's that's the start and finish of it, you, you know, that you just can't do that. Now, taking nothing away, Sobey's become a, a, you know, a superstar of the league. I, and, and I first to put my hand up, I didn't think that he could become the player that he's shown this year. And I think he's mm. in MVP contention. And, and Law is just a, you know, a great foil for him and, and one of the better players in the competition as well. You know, I, I think I spoke about... You know, we needed to get Hodgson out of the game, which he takes care of him himself on, on most occasions. Mm, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but they they certainly made the big plays, you know, when they were needed. And, you know, and, and we we go through those, you know, two or three, four-minute scoring droughts, and we did that in a couple of occasions in the second half that, that really hurt us. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're giving up 109 points, you probably don't necessarily deserve to win. I do agree that there was good signs and we played well, but, uh, you, you know, you have to address that. Uh, you know, that that's not going to win you too many games. No, but at the offensive end, you play that offensively, you're going to win most games. So we saw DJ another 29 points. 
Josh Giddy was fantastic. 19 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds. Sunday Detch, 20 points. He, he was especially on fire early, and that dunk over Matty Hodgson was one of the dunks of the season. Um, Jack McVay, 18 points. And I thought even Jeremy Kendall, in what turned out to be his last appearance for the 36ers, was, was handy with 7 points and 3 assists. And as a team, you know, they shot 51% from the field, shot 43% from 3. They had more rebounds. They took 12 more shots than Brisbane. So I think... Defensively, it's not going to get the job done, but offensively, that's probably close to the best they've played. Mate, I didn't even know Sunday could dunk. I've never seen that. <laughs> and then he came in and did that. I, I was out of my seat. Well, that was mm. just a. Haven't we seen some unbelievable highlights, uh, you yeah. know, dunks this year? You know, the dunk that Hodgson did against at the end of that game against Melbourne mm-hmm. uh, was just outstanding. And, you know, I, I've been really excited to see that sort of athleticism. But you're right. We. Uh, well, you know, I was really disappointed. I couldn't couldn't find a vote for Jack McVeigh in that in that game. I thought mm. he was outstanding, and and you know we we end up going with we, you know with DJ Giddy and Sunday. Jack could consider himself really really unlucky, and I've loved the way he's gone about his game over the last month or so. You know, just talking about those percentages. You know, there's no way that Andre Lamanis he'd be happy to have that win, but he would not be happy that his team gave up 104 points and shot 51% either. So, um, but, you know, from a spectator point of view, you know, they're the sort of games you want to see. And, uh, you know, we showed that we've got that. I'm really concerned at the moment with our depth. You know, we're basically playing seven players. Uh, out of those seven players, you know, Pinder, you know, one, you know is, is still struggling. That, that goes without saying. You know, Crocker is, you know, is, is showing his glimpses, but it's it's almost a bit of a tease at the moment. You know, he really needs to be uh, bringing that to day in, day out. So, you know, we, we're not, we, we have no more depth. And I'm, I'm really disappointed. I would have loved to have seen Kendall stay with his team. I think, you know, he, he shows a bit, you know, and he takes a bit of the pressure off Josh Giddy. He gives us that second ball handler and, and a guy that can score and find his teammates. And, and I think that's really going to hurt us, especially because Connor's not playing Daniel Dillon or Majonra or Brendan Tease. So, you know, he, you know, Kendall was that guy that was playing those minutes. So it makes it really difficult if you're only going, you know, seven deep and you've got a couple of players struggling. Uh, it, it does put a lot of pressure on you. You know, okay, we all know we've got Isaac Humphries to come back into this group as well, but we we need to, you know, if, we, if we're going to have that much lack of depth, then we need to uh, have everyone firing to give us a chance to win. We'll talk about Brandon Paul's debut shortly, but now that we've seen him on the court, do you feel like he's too similar of a player to Tony Crocker for that for both of your import spots to be tied up in in those two players? Well, they play the same position. I don't think there's any mm. doubt about that. They're both they're, they're both three men or two, you know, two three men, and that's yeah. um, once again, I, I don't know the 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 inside running, what's happening on a day to day basis. Um, I, I like once again, I like the fact that Kendall brought us something different. But you bring in Brandon Paul, and, and you'd you'd have to imagine that if we have a full contingent to choose from, that our starting lineup is Josh Giddy, uh, Sunday Detch. Brandon Paul, Daniel Johnson, and Isaac Humphreys with, yep. with, with Crocker coming off the bench. Now, once again, I, I'm assuming that. I don't know that. I have no info whether that's the case. But mm. you'd have to imagine that. I don't think they can go small 
and and play, you know, like Brandon Paul and, and Crocker and Sunday together with Josh Giddy. I just don't think that's a big enough lineup. No, so. so yeah, I, I once again I'm not privy to the to the you know sanctum of what's going on, but uh, I would have loved to have seen a way for them to have kept Kendall, and I just think that would have given us a bit more balance. But um, it is what it is. I mean, this is a team we've got moving forward, and. Uh, we just have to find a way for everyone to fit in. You certainly need, uh, you know, whoever, if we do have a full contingent, we're going to have a pretty good player or two coming off the bench, which uh, is going to hopefully help that depth that we really need. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's get to get to the Sunday game against the Perth Wildcats. Um, now the Wildcats had already secured the NBL Cup coming into the game, so they couldn't lose top spot. Um, and it looked like that for the first half. It was just a brilliant performance from the 36ers. It was 60 to 39 at half time, and they had led by as much as 26 in that second quarter. And Brandon Paul was unbelievable. He showed some some good signs in that first quarter when he got to the foul line a few times. But boy, once his three point shot started to fall in the second quarter, he he threw down that alley oop slam from the pass from from Sunday Detch, and and he looked fantastic. He was he was you know raising the roof and pumping up pumping up the air. And Josh Giddy's passing was unbelievable. It was the most incredible first half of basketball. How good were you feeling at halftime? Mate, I was, uh, I was ringing my mates and uh, <laughs> it, uh, I was talking shit, mate. I was, I, was, uh, I was up and about. It was just such a brilliant performance. Uh, I got a couple of close mates t- to me that said, well, don't worry, you know they can still lose it from here, which I <laughs> quite readily accepted. But I didn't think it was going to happen in the first five minutes of the second no, half. Yeah. But... Uh, they yeah, look, 19 straight points they came out and scored. And it's just, you just can't do that. And, and, and once again, we've spoken before about, you know, making a sand, you know, making a stand and drawing a line in the sand that, okay, the, the next time down, and, and offensively, we, we just, you know, we were disastrous and we were playing, you know, playing 35 feet from the basket. You know, the number of times we, we dribbled to the, you know, we got caught on the sideline and got trapped and turned the ball mm. over. It was like, well, I'd rather see you shoot the ball from 30 feet. At least there's a chance of it going in rather than yep. yeah, doing the same old, same old. And, 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 and once again, it was just, you just have to try something different. And once again, our, I think our lack of depth uh, certainly hurt because once those players had performed so well in the first half, were struggling, um, you, you know, we just couldn't find a way out of it. But you just can't go in 19-0 runs. I mean, you, you just – and, you know, it wasn't like you – know, we t- kind of called two timeouts within that yeah. period. It wasn't like we just, uh, you know, sat back and w- watched it happen. But, uh, you know, when you got players like uh, Bryce Cotton, and, and I'd like to touch on him in, in a minute mm-hmm. as well, and, 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 and Mooney, and you got Blanchfield playing the way he is and going back to almost to uh, – you know what you saw coming out of Townsville all those years ago. He's he's yep. really playing well. You know you, you knew they were always going to give it a give you know give it their best. But you know to get that margin back so quickly was just you know pure devastation to anyone that's a, a 36er fan. And yeah, it's 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 something that you know they just got to make. You just can't have that. You just can't, you cannot. You got to mm-hmm. find a way to arrest that. And whether it's Dropping someone on their ass, or you know, Catalini when he played for Adelaide was, was one of the best momentum changes of all time. Yeah. He would start a fight. Uh, unfortunately, he'd make someone else finish it because he'd be jumping behind <laughs> someone else. But he would understand. You know, guys like him understood when the momentum needed to be changed, and um, you know whether it was just 
you know, a hard foul or, or putting doubt in someone's mind when they went up for a shot. There just has to be some way of going, you know what, this can't happen. You know, 6-0, 8-0, 10-0, okay, enough's enough. Yeah, you know, the next time coming down, you're not getting a wide open layup or wide open shot. You know, we, we're going to make make life difficult for you and try and change the momentum. Now, it's easy for me to say, mate, because it's been it's been eleven years since I've uh, coached in the NBL, and uh, and uh, I'm in no danger of losing uh, losing my job anymore. But uh, look, it was it was it was shocking. And just just to go back to Bryce Cotton, it's funny. Uh, you know, my, my close friends and myself, including uh, Brett Maher, from time to time over a glass of red wine, we sit down and we we do our all-time NBL, you know, first team, second team, third team, which always makes a really good debate and good argument. Mm-hmm. I know Brett and I did our, you know, all-time 36er teams uh, last year. I would almost like to do our NBL teams. I reckon that might be a, might be a oh, good pod, podcast at some yeah. stage. But I guess my point is... You know, when you start talking about Bryce Cotton being part of that all-time NBL first, second, or third team, and I think he's, I think he's there now. I think he, mm. with what his body of work, you know, I, I reckon he. And without, uh, you know, without going into this, if I'm going to argue with Brett over an all-star group, <laughs> I, I reckon I'd probably have him in my, you know, second team all-time. You know, and yep. I'm, to- I'm talking about, you know, just behind guys like Ricky Grace. Andrew Gaze, Leroy Loggins. So he, he's in that sort of rare air now. And uh, just watching him play, you know, he, Brett and I were talking about it. He's a guy that we would have hated to guard, you know, like he's got so much bounce on his jump shot and just such a superstar. Uh, uh, just, you know, I think we're watching that. For, for As far as the NBL goes, we're, we're watching a once-in-a-generation type of player and I'd love to see him get naturalised and make this next Boomers uh, team for the Olympics. I think that would... I know people keep saying he's too small and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's so is Paddy Mills, you know, and, and I'm not... He'd be, he'd be about the same height as Paddy, wouldn't he? He, he would be, and, and I'm yeah. like, he's he, he'd be... He'd be you know, I think he'd give. Imagine that one-two punch with mm. with Cotton backing up Mills. As long as you got those big guards alongside him, I think he'd be. Ben a, Simmons there too, yeah. yeah, I think it'd be a walk-up start to an Olympic team if he was naturalised. But uh, you know, like when he started to get going, you just you just start shaking your head and go, "We're in really big trouble here." So <laughs> he's a better defender than I think a lot of people notice too. Some of those steals that he he pulls off, I think because his because his offense is so good, sometimes his defense goes. I noticed a little bit, but he's a really good defender too. Well, I think he's better than what he was. You know, if you if you go yeah. back sort of two or three years, I think you know you probably could have made legitimate uh, criticism uh, his defense and and obviously his size times that that's going to be exploited, but it doesn't happen that often. You know, and mm. and I know that part of that you, you know per system as well that uh, you know that they back each other up and they don't let a guy like that just get. Posted up, but yeah, I, I reckon he's made pretty serious inroads defensively. And uh, uh, look, he's a he's a joy to watch. Just wish he was uh, in our colours and not in the Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be it would be wonderful. Um, unfortunately, it looks like he's in red for the rest of his life. Just about, I think by by now. So by the end of that game, Scott, I mean, and, and now all of a sudden, a week later, we have to play Perth in Perth on this coming Monday night. How do you turn turn that around eight days later? 
Well, I think yeah, you, know, you can't even be talking about Perth because you, you got the Phoenix game first. Sure. I know, I know it's going to be in the back of their head, but uh, you know, once again, that game's so important. If you can go and, and pinch that game in Melbourne, and yeah. there's yeah. there's no better time to to play them than without their best player. And, and you know, God, the way you know, the season that Adam's having as well, uh, you, mm. you know, like he, he's been incredible. So you go in there and you pinch that game. Then I think the I think the good thing is there's no pressure because. No one is going to give you a snowflakes chance in hell of going and beating Perth in Perth, and mm-hmm. that that takes the pressure off you. So you can go in there, you can be loose. You, you already know that you, you know your best basketball is enough to match. Well, not only match with them, but you, you know put together a first half like we did in that last game. So I don't think that all the energies have to go into the Phoenix game. Obviously, I mean that goes without saying. Uh, go in there, take care of business. Then you can go into Perth loose. You, you know, it's it's easy to play like that when when it's uh, when there's no expectations. Or I think this team, the games they've been favourites, haven't performed well. When the, the games have gone and the underdogs, you know, seem to go okay. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, <laughs> once again, you got to you know if you if you're ever going to be a contender, you you have to be the one that you know, can take the pressure on and being the favourite and, and and follow through that and make sure yeah. you get wins, but. At the moment, with yeah, yeah, we're so balanced one way or another. You know about where where's this season going to take us? I know I've heard people saying, you know, let this time time to give up on the season, start planning for next season. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's a crock of shit because you know there's no guarantee the next season's going to be any better. We're not even halfway what, through. We're not no, even what, what what we've got is is what's in front of us now. What happens is yep. in front of us now is a really even season where we've seen upset after upset. So I, I once again, you know, the, the, there are there are going to be some mental scars from, you know, some of those games, and in particular that last Perth game. You know, they find a way to address that and move forward. You know, hopefully Humphreys comes back sooner than rather than later, but it's still all there in front of them. Just quickly, what about Brandon Paul? What did you make of his debut? Obviously, a lot of his best work was done in the first half, but... You certainly wasn't a lone soldier there, but to finish up in your first first game in the league, twenty five points, six of ten three point shooting, three rebounds, played almost twenty eight minutes. Um, hard not to be impressed by what you saw. I would have thought. Oh, he's a star. I don't. I don't th- he, he's a player we've been crying out for. I mean, that's that's yep. the guy that we, you know, would have been nice to have here from day one, and we'd be in a different situation than what we are now. You can just see by the way he moves and the way he can create a shot. For himself and in his athleticism, that you, you know, and, and this is a guy that hasn't had a full training session with the team yet. Mm-hmm. I, I think he he's exactly what what we needed. I mean, that, that second half, you know, you, could, you have to point the finger at everyone, obviously, but you know, a guy like Daniel Johnson, you know, barely touches the ball in the second half because we're, we're playing yeah. we're we're playing offense, you know, two meters behind the three point line and. Once again, Paul doesn't get the touches that he was getting, and and once again, you know, all credit to to Perth for what they did defensively. But no, I th- I think we've we've got exactly the type of player we need, uh, and and a guy that is going to win us games. And uh, mm. I, I think that's uh, you have to have star power. I mean, you know, you and I know that you need Bryce Cotton, you need Mooney, you, you know, you need the Chris Goldings, you, you need the Nathan Sobies of this world. You know, you can if you can add Brandon Paul to that. And, and you know the other players can work around him. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to be our best player, but if you've got Giddy and you've got Brandon Paul and you've got Daniel Johnson and you've got Isaac Humphreys, yeah. 
you've got Sunday Ditch, you've got Jack McVeigh. You started talking about a pretty good uh, uh, core, um, and um, you know, you, you, you know that that can, like I said, it just we just got to realise that you know, forget what's happened. Well, don't forget what's happened. Yeah, address what's happened. Move forward. We can still be a pretty good team, uh, you know, going forward for the for the rest of this uh, back half of this season. Yeah, I think so too. Especially considering there's 19 games to go, it seems remarkable that. It seems like we've been playing forever, but we've still got that many games to go. Now, Scott, let's take a take a deep breath on Sixers Fix, and let's now get to our Australian Motors Mitsubishi Player of the Week award for this week. After those two games to finish the NBL Cup, we put the vote out to our listeners, and they have come back and voted Josh Giddy as our Player of the Week for this week. And thank you to everybody who voted and continues to support us. And thanks for the support of Australian Motors Mitsubishi, one of our proud partners here on Sixers Fix. And they're, they're the best car dealers in the business here in South Australia, quite obviously. So check them out at australianmotors.com.au for more. And make sure you support them because they're supporting us. But it's now time to give away another one of those Australian Motors Mitsubishi prize packs, which are proving tremendously popular, Scott. And we've put all of the names in the hat again from the votes that we received this week. And it's time to announce another very special winner. And of course, we'll have our famous drum roll to get us ready. And now, here we go. We'll pick out the lucky winner of the Australian Motors Mitsubishi prize pack for this week. And... We don't know we don't know your name, but we know you're a regular supporter of us here at Sixers Fix. So you voted on Instagram, and you are I don't know what I'm doing. So that is your Instagram name. We'll get in touch with you, and we'll arrange to get you your Australian Motors Mitsubishi prize pack. Thank you for supporting us, and make sure you do it all again next week for us. Time to update our Premier Mind Tours Player of the Year Award votes. Scott, obviously these votes cast between you and, and Brett Maher. And from the game against the Brisbane Bullets, Daniel Johnson, the three votes, Josh Giddy two, Sunday Detch, the one. And then against the Perth Wildcats, Josh Giddy three, Brandon Paul, the two, and Sunday Detch, the one. That means the leaderboard's starting to tighten up a little bit. DJ still out on top on 30. But we've got Josh Giddy now up into second place with 22. Isaac Humphreys, 20. Sunday Detch with 12. Like I said, with 19 games to go, any of those players can win, and you probably wouldn't want to rule out Brandon Paul just yet either. No, absolutely not. And, and look, Josh Giddy was unlucky in that game against Brisbane not to get the three votes. I think the only thing mm-hmm. that's that's probably swayed us... I mean, DJ you know, had 29 points and had a great game, but I think the thing that swayed us was oh, I thought... It was probably Josh's poorest game defensively. Like, you know, he, he was upright too often and got beaten off the dribble on, on a number of occasions. And, and that's not necessarily criticism. I mean, you know, he's playing major minutes at, you know, and at some point, point in time you, you're going to have to have a rest. But that, that was probably the only thing in my mind that, that kept him from maybe getting the three votes. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's certainly rocketing, you know, and, and the way he's passing the ball, you know, the 10 assists in the first half versus Perth, um, mm. you know, like he, 
he certainly has a silly chance. You know, Isaac comes back healthy as well. It's it's good to see. And I mean, that's like you said, 19 games. It, I find that really hard to believe. It seems like it, it seems like the season's nearly over, and we're not yeah. even uh, you know we're, we're not even close to it. It's uh, it's it's exciting, and I I look forward now to sort of getting back to. Yeah, a bit of normality, you know, having your home and away games and not playing games every two or three games, which was was exciting to me. I mean, from a spectator, mm. it was it was good seeing that. But I think probably every team in the NBL or bar New Zealand will be will be happy to get back home yeah. and uh, uh, you know, poor old New Zealand. I mean, they they deserve a, an award just for what they've had to go through this year. But uh, mm-hmm. I reckon every other team going home, being at home, seeing the family, and sleeping in their own bed for a few days will be uh, be very happy about that. It was funny by by that last week. Every time someone from every team spoke, they were talking about how much they were looking forward to getting back home. Can you imagine how you would be the breakers hearing these teams complaining about being away for three or four weeks and looking forward to getting home when? They've been away for four months and they still can't get to go home. How how would they be feeling hearing these these teams complain? I I, I got no idea, mate. I can't. I cannot mm. even fathom it. Now, you know, I think they're going to get sent to Launceston, aren't they? For for yep. some home yep, games. I mean, that's that's just well. Not only can you not even be in a major city, you're going to go to down to oh, any Launceston <laughs> listeners that are listening. Don't <laughs> don't take offence, but I know the Webster brothers have come out and you know said it's is this a sick joke and all that. I I, yeah, I can't yeah, even. Yeah. I cannot even fathom what they how they you know how they're even able to back up game after game it's just it's mind-boggling and yeah it's just uh i don't know mate i I just don't know i just don't know i can't even imagine if you if you're away from home you know and your family and your kids for four months which will probably end up being six months by the end of it it's just uh yeah just unbelievable all right let's take a deep breath scott we'll have Ask the coach with Connor Henry, and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. And we've got plenty more to talk about once we once we get back. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, and it's it's time for our Ask the Coach segment. Thanks to Sports Card World, we'll have Connor Henry on. In a second, for another jam-packed segment, the questions we're receiving are are fantastic from our listeners here at Sixers Fix, and we're getting plenty of them, and thank you very much for the support. And, yeah, it's great great that we can provide that access to Connor, and it's great that we're getting your support as well. And it's even even better that we're getting the support of Sports Card World to make it possible. So we will be giving away another special prize this week to one of those question askers. So thank you for sending the, the question questions in. Well done to Jason Crow for winning last week and and I hope you enjoy your prize that you won. The three packets of the 2020-2021 NBA Hoops Panini Hoops Hobby Cards, valued at $75, so I hope you enjoy that prize. And now one of our winners this week will be winning the first of our 2021 NBA Hoops Blaster Box, which is also valued at the very attractive $65. So continue to send your questions in and continue to support Sports Card World as well. Check them out at sportscardworld.com.au or indeed on Facebook or Instagram, or even better, head into their, their store. It's in the Regent Arcade of the Rundle Mall here in Adelaide. And Matt and his team will, will take care of you. There's everything you can imagine in stock and including um, 
A recent arrival. So check out the 2021 season NBA cards. We've got the NBA hoops, cards from Panini, the Panini Certified, and also the new Panini Revolution cards, all in stock now at Sports Card World, including any other NBA cards you can think of, any other sports cards, and indeed any other any any other gaming cards you can think of as well, from Pokemon to 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 anything you can think of. So Sports Card World will have you covered, and now they will be bringing you Connor Henry here on Sixers Fix. Okay, I'm joined by Connor Henry once again here for Ask the Coach on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, thanks to Sports Card World. Now, before we get to our listeners' questions once again, Connor, um, the NBL Cup is now behind us. How do you reflect on on the last last month in Melbourne? Uh, I don't. <laughs> no, just uh, just uh, <laughs> kidding here. Um, I find a little humor early in the morning here, um, but um, now look, we uh, we didn't get the results that we thought we would. The way we were tracking, we felt pretty positive going into it, um, and then as everybody's aware, you know, we had we had some setbacks. Uh, Isaac Foot, which uh, continues to be an issue, and and most likely will be another four or five weeks. Mm. So we're having to piece that together. Changing of an import. Uh, right around that time, managing some other uh, fatigue issues, we just didn't get the results. And um, number of games we were in um, and and played fairly well, uh, but just couldn't uh, couldn't complete the forty minute forty minutes and get the W. So we were all disappointed. Um, it's been good to be home these last uh, four days, and and we fly out to Melbourne uh, this morning. I haven't got a question here about Brandon Paul, but. You must have been, I mean, you knew what his potential was, but you must have been excited to see what he could do only less than a week out of quarantine and with some limited time with the group. Um, for him to come out and play like that was was pretty pretty encouraging. Very encouraging, Chris. You know, Brandon uh, looked after himself through the quarantine, got on the bike and the weights, and, and I think he came into flying over here in a pretty good, pretty good physical condition. So... Um, we're very pleased. Uh, I think we're, we saw what he's capable of doing. We need a guy that, uh, can go out and get us a bucket and get us some easy ones, which we've struggled this year with at times. Um, and most imports are able to, to do that. So, uh, very encouraging. He shot the ball really well. I wasn't expecting that, um, the first night, but we'll take it. And, um, he's been really good the last three or four practices um, down the stretch of, of the bubble and then here at home. So he's got little aches and pains, just uh, which are normal um, because of um, still the, the lack of overall um, activity and, and the quarantine. But um, he's in a good way. He's real positive. He's really fitting in, and we're expecting some really good things from him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get to our listeners' questions, and I'm – I'm really, really happy with the response this segment continues to get. We we probably get more questions every week than I'm able to to ask you, Connor, which is a which is a good sign. So I've saved some from last week, and also I'll probably have to save some that we've got this week for next week, which is which is which is nice knowing that people are listening and people have got things to ask you, Connor. So let's get to the sure. first one. Kyle Wood is first up, and he's asked with the changes through injuries, etc., that we have had. This year, and you settling into a role, getting to know players and staff, etc. 
do you believe we are still finals contenders? And at what point do you start looking towards next season? Well, we're looking to win uh, every night that we step on the floor to, to reassure everybody of that. And our process of, of going about our days and preparing for each game is, is just that. Um, can we make finals? I still believe we have a chance to make finals. It's going to be a tough, tough grind. Um, I think this team's capable of of getting um, getting hot, getting on a streak. It's going to, you know, now that we have Brandon and our roster is is finished, really uh, officially, um, we will continue to get better with this group that we have. And then once we get Ice back um, and insert him into the lineup. It'll bring a whole nother uh, dimension to our team. You know, we lack some rebounding right now. Of course, we lack uh, rim protection, uh, his defensive capabilities, guarding the other team's bigs. Um, and and the combination that was clearly on display and developing nightly between uh, Josh and Isaac in that middle of the floor, high pick and roll, Josh being able to find, find Isaac in deep when Josh was able to get to the rim. Um, we lack that now, um, so we're having to play a little bit differently um, system-wise. But um, if we can um, keep the ship steady here and hang in there and, and get hot, anything can happen. I absolutely think it's certainly still possible. Um, Adam Pipe is next, and he's asking about Josh Giddy. With Josh going overseas next year, is a top import point guard a priority for the Sixers next year? Or would you look at a local NBL one or NBL Australian player to fill the spot? And is a hopefully naturalized Jeremy Kendall a potential option? Uh, great question. Uh, a lot of things to um, consider uh, within the question. There's there's many avenues that we could go uh, for next year. It's really early to start thinking that way. Um, just because uh, we don't know how this season's going to play out with COVID. Are we uh, back starting uh, quickly? Um, yeah. Do we have more time? What players are available? Yeah, whether there's three imports, what players in free agency within Australia um, are, are available? What players overseas in Europe might consider coming back? Mm. Um, and then... Um, you know, we'll have to just see how, how everybody developed within the club. Um, you know, we like Alex. Alex is our young point guard. He's developing. His work ethic is off the charts. Uh, that's why I gave him a couple of minutes this past game. Yeah. So really too early to, to say a direction that we're going to go. But one thing's for sure that you see with the top clubs historically, they've got depth at the ball handling position. You look at Melbourne right now. You look at Perth. You know, you've got McCarron, you've got um, uh, out in Perth, you've got uh, a couple of guys that can play lead guard roles. Mm. So we'll look to build the overall strength of the roster. And will that include a U.S. import at the lead guard or uh, a local? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. We'll take a little bit of a different direction with these questions now. It's a bit more, a bit more about you, Connor. Graphic Designs Man has asked, how long have you been coaching for? And why did you decide to start coaching? Well, I've been coaching on and off for about 16 years. Um, I retired in, in 97. 
um, from playing ball after playing 10 years in Europe and went home and, and started coaching at the division three college level, uh, uh, as an assistant and really enjoyed it. And then, um, just stuck with it. And, uh, of course, many people know the story, but I was, uh, Scott Fisher, um, and I were teammates at UC Santa Barbara and Scott brought me to, to Perth as an assistant. And really after that, I was all in, uh, really enjoyed the time in Perth and learning from Scott and learning from all the coaches around this league. It's such a strong league coaching wise that, um, when I went home, I just kept uh, kept at it, tried to stay in basketball and went through the G League process and, and, and coached uh, with a couple different teams, one as a head and, and a couple as assistant. Mm-hmm. And um, just really enjoy it. Um, very fortunate. I get to wake up every day, um, be a head coach. And even when I was an assistant coach, just love the, the lifestyle. Uh, it's taken me many places around the world. I get to be in the gym daily and and work with players and get to know players and try to win games. And um, it's, just a, it's just a great lifestyle for me, and I really enjoy it. Very good. On a similar note, Aussie Card Market has asked, how is coaching in Australia different to America? Well, the rules are different. Um, you know, there's FIBA rules here, um, and then there's the, the U.S. NBA rules. So the spacing on the floor is different defensively, uh, what you can and can't do. Mm. Offensively, um, because of those defensive spacing rules, the game is a little bit more, it has more width to it. Plays are a little bit more uh, spread out um, because you can do those types of things. Here, you see a lot of systems that are many based uh, European um, motion type systems uh, with a lot of action that lead into a a direct result. So there's quite quite some differences uh the league as far as talent wise look this i think i still think this is the 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 three leagues Mm -hmm. in the world for sure um you have the nba you have high level europe and then you have uh australia Mm -hmm. and um the g league uh level some of the very good g league teams could compete with the top teams here uh i believe but uh big difference here um for example if you're going to compare the NBL versus um, the top teams in the in the G League is the veteran players here are grown men that have been playing the game a long time where you have a lot of youth in the G League with young players just out of college trying to make the NBA. So uh, <laughs> experience wins out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And experience wins out often over talent So uh, or, or youthful talent. Um, so those are some of the differences. No, fascinating. We could probably talk about that for a lot longer. So if you've got any more questions about that, send them in for coming weeks. Now, our last one comes from Nate Turner, who is a regular here on the show. He's a past winner, also thanks to Sports Card World. And he wants to know a bit more about your time in Adelaide. So he's asked, what is your favourite restaurant or cafe in Adelaide so far? And what areas have you enjoyed, enjoyed visiting so far? And his last comment is, he's sure that Scott can take you to the Barossa for some wine at some point as well. Yes, I, I've seen the questions come through, and I and I, and I see Nate's posts. Mm. And um, one day I hope to catch up with Nate and introduce myself. But uh, favorite cafe? Well, I've just come. Uh, I was at Ninety Four West for coffee this morning at about seven thirty because I had to go into the office early. George and the, and the whole staff there 
look after us and, and we, we hang out at 94 West, uh, over near titanium, or I should say the new 36ers, mm-hmm. uh, arena practice arena and, and complex, um, as that's going to go through here soon. So 94 West for coffee and, and banana bread and, and good talk and good music. They always got good music, something uh, every morning, bright and early. So that gets you going. And then, um, there's a nice restaurant here that I frequent in Henley beach called the shoe. Uh, Mike, the owner and I kind of hit it off, uh, quite a wise ways back because he's a big baseball fan. And, um, of course my Los Angeles Dodgers won the world series. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, we always have a good chat about baseball and baseball's getting ready to start back up. So those are a couple of places that I hang out when I have time and, and COVID allows me to, to go places. So we're I'm looking forward to now that uh, COVID rules are relaxing a little bit for the club, um, that I can get back out when I have some, have some, uh, spare time. Have you been able to catch up for a while with Scott recently? Uh, Scott and I have not caught up personally in in quite a while we're always sending texts to each other he always has a good bottle of red for me um whatever we can catch up and um he's a good mate he's been really supportive he and brett have been uh marzi have been have really been supportive uh since uh i've gotten gotten to town um of course they run our camps for us yeah. um they do just a fantastic job uh with the school schools clinics and camps so um I catch up with those guys periodically, and um, I need to. Uh, I need to more. Well, you haven't been home for a long time, so you've got a pretty good excuse. But thanks once again for joining us, Connor. Fa- fascinating answers to some good questions. So, really enjoying this segment, and good luck this weekend in Melbourne and Perth. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you soon. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix, and I'm back with Scott Ninnis. Now, it's been a pretty eventful week since the NBL Cup finished, Scott. We've had we've had three or four days without games, but it's been plenty of moves that some of the teams have made. So we talked about the New Zealand Breakers earlier. They've released Lamar Patterson, and they've signed a new import. They've signed Jeremy Kendall as a replacement while Corey Webster's out. They expect him to be out for up to the next five or six weeks. Um... And then at the Brisbane Bullets, they've welcomed back Lamar Patterson. They've got rid of Orlando Johnson, which it's a curious move for mine because I don't think what we saw of Lamar Patterson before he was injured suggests that he's better than Orlando Johnson right now. Interested to get your thoughts on some of those those happenings. Well, I guess, I mean, Brisbane are probably looking at the last two years that they've had Patterson. They know he fits into the group well. Um, you know, even last year when he probably wasn't in great shape, you know, he, he was still a game changer and, and, you know, helped them win games. And I guess they're looking for looking to that Lamar Patterson being back on the team. Yeah. A, a, a very close friend of mine who, who will go unnamed at the moment suggested that Lamar Patterson is the only player that goes on away games and deliberately misses two free throws so he can get Hungry Jacks on the way home. <laughs> so, but... <laughs> uh, but... Uh, uh, you know, I guess I guess there's a you know comfort with knowing he fits into that group, and and that's what they're hoping to get back. But no, he you know the system that he was in New Zealand, you know he just looked horribly out of shape, and 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 
you know, looked like he, he, he half the player was last year and probably a bit the same with what Scotty Hobson looked like when he yep. started with Melbourne this year. So oh, I guess in Andre's mind is they've got a guy that they know that, you know, they know what the upside is and they're hoping he gets back there. So I, that's where it comes back. And, and they probably, you know, to be honest, probably would have been there from the start of this year you know, if they could have made it work financially anyway, I would I imagine, so. yeah. I would imagine. So there's a familiarity and, and you know, that that's not going to hurt. He's going to work well around the group and hopefully he can get himself back into shape and, and become the player that we've, you know, we've seen over the last couple of years. As far as New Zealand goes, well, you know, the, the Patterson thing didn't work. Kendall, once again, he'll come in and do what he did, did in Adelaide. He'll, he'll play mm-hmm. whatever minutes he gets, play as hard as he can and, uh, uh, you know, you know, and and do what he does. Uh, I'd much rather see him doing for the thirty sixes mm. um, in New Zealand. Good luck getting the ball out of Ty Webster's hands, but uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you know he'll be a good teammate, and that's you know, and that's you, you can't you can't put a price on that. That's really important, and and the other import they bring in remains to be seen, I suppose. Okay, now let's take a look at these two road games for this weekend for the thirty sixes, starting Saturday back in Melbourne against the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Now, we don't need to talk about the reasons that he won't be there, but how much of a different team are the Phoenix without Mitch Creek? Well, he's their best player. I, I saw, you know, one of the last two games, he was talking about, uh, uh, you know, someone else in the team being the best player. Well, no, he's I think the he's Sykes. Yeah, he, he's the best player in that team. Yeah. Uh, so you take that out, that, that automatically, and, and, you know, that whole situation, which, you know, you don't know how that impacts upon the team either, you know, because yeah. uh, you don't know when he'll be back. You don't know what's going to happen to him. Cole Adams is a massive one for me. Um, yeah. The way he's been playing, it's just been... Uh, I, and I'll be honest with you, I did not think that he had that sort of upside. I always thought he'd be the guy that I'd love to have, you know, as my sixth man or my backup point yeah. uh, uh, coming off the bench. What he's done in the starter minutes in... in yeah, you know, well, Sykes has been out has has been unbelievable, and uh, yeah. you know, so to have him out of the game as well, you, you also got to be careful because suddenly all these other guys get opportunities to get more minutes than what they're used to, and and then anything can happen. But mm. once again, I mean, it, it couldn't be any more better set up for us to, to go back and play them without you know the the two players most in form for them in at the, the moment. Form. Yeah, absolutely. So that's on Saturday, and then as we talked about earlier, Monday. First game over in Perth for the season. Does how much of it depends on what happens on Saturday? If if they go and lose to the Phoenix on Saturday, is there a lot of pressure on the Perth game? And if and on the other side of it, if they win in Melbourne on Saturday, does it completely take the pressure off the trip to Perth? Oh, I think it does. I, I think they go and beat beat Melbourne and Melbourne. Yeah, you know, there's as I said earlier, no one's going to think we can beat Perth in Perth. After after that last game, and, and probably quite rightfully so. Uh, yeah, thirty. Unfortunately for me, thirty years of history shows that we'll go over to Perth, have a really tight game, and still lose by two because it's happened. <laughs> Sapper for bloody three decades, mate, and I've been on the mm. receiving end of it. But uh, oh, I think they. Uh, I, I I just think that I, I don't know. I just I just got a feeling that they. If they can get it together and, and you know, this situation, you know, with, with what's happening at the moment with teams, upsets happening, you know, if they can just find something to bring it all together and Brandon Paul could be that guy, 
then they can get back on track and, and they can, you know, and anything can happen again. Look, it's it's a big ask because we've had the, we've talked about those games, you know, that have been just disastrous. You know, we, we've had three of them now, probably more than that, to be honest with you. But now it's a different lineup. You have Brandon Paul in who, you know, potentially, you know, is your best player going forward. Then all of a sudden things are start to come together, and um, but yeah, a lot a lot does uh, is key on this Phoenix game, I think. Yeah, so that's all to look forward to. So Saturday against the Phoenix, Monday against the Wildcats, then it's another another road game to come as well. So it's going to be a little while until we're 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 back home. It's a trip up to Cairns after that, but hopefully the we haven't seen the fixture beyond that. But hopefully that includes a home game pretty soon because I have a feeling Brandon Paul will love playing in front of the home fans. He'll get them up and rolling, but. Been a big show again, Scott. Thanks to All Star Photos and Kelly Barnes for making that final segment possible. Not only does All Star Photos provide the best basketball photography here in Adelaide and possibly even the country, but Kelly Barnes has also got an Art of the Hoops collection that he has now made available. It's a fine art photography project that he's got up and running, and it provides some some tremendous basketball photography that you can turn into some some art. Art for your house, anywhere in, anywhere in your home, it would look tremendous on your wall. It would provide some great home decor. It would look fantastic on your office wall, in any sports sports room you might have, a man cave, your just anywhere. The prints are made lot right here in Adelaide. Any size is available. All you have to do is get in contact with Kelly Barnes at allstarphotos.com.au or info at allstarphotos.com.au and... Make sure you mention Sixers Fix and you can get a special 20% discount exclusive to listeners here of the podcast. So make sure you check it out. Art of the Hoops, thanks to All Star Photos. Thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi for making this possible with their support of our Player of the Week Award. Thank you to Premium Wine Tours for bringing us the Player of the Year. And of course, thanks to Sports Card World for our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry. So it's been another big show. The NBL Cup is behind us. We'll look forward to these two road games this weekend and I'll sign off and leave you with the legend himself, Scott Ninnis. All I can say, mate, is thank God the NBL Cup is behind us because that <laughs> didn't, didn't quite go the way that uh, probably myself or anyone in 36 land thought it would. But uh, as you've mentioned, there's 19 games left. Yeah, we can really get back on track and let's hopefully hopeful that it's uh, this Saturday night against Phoenix.